0: welcome back to crimes from the east i'm your host pia and with me is alexa hello alex hello pia long time no here (laughs) no see we've been on quote-unquote vacation
1: i think neither of us have actually relaxed but it was
0: vacation yeah we just kind of uh, had so many things going on traveling just chaos all around as usual our brand is chaos. So. <laughs> that is the magic we prescribe to Yes, subscribe to. We'll record when we do. We'll release when we do. I don't want to make this podcast like a stress point in our lives, you know? Yeah.
1: It can't become a chore. Once it's a chore, we're checking it because we don't need
0: more chores. Hashtag no more chores. If we ever have like sponsors hanging above our heads, Sure. Yeah. Then I'll go the extra mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For right now, we're just gonna take it easy. Pia, yeah, I
1: met a Spanish person who spoke Hindi hmm. last week. What? And totally put me to shame. It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. Where did they learn? But it was also horrible. They self taught. I mean, what the heck do I know? Since I don't speak Hindi, but he uh, like said some phrases to me, and they sounded legit. He even made a joke about bananas and eggplants and potatoes, some like Hindi punny (laughs) jokes. And I was just like, "Ah, nope, wrong audience, dude. Sorry.
0: (laughs) He was definitely disappointed in me. It was sad. (laughs) It It would work out if they start like a YouTube channel or something.
1: I think this person is just a polyglot and a fan of like the culture and the country. And so, yeah.
0: It's unusual for anyone to learn Hindi. I know. People usually go for Spanish or French or German. All the obvious ones. Now I think I'm going to start learning
1: Hindi. And I feel like that could be a side segment of our show is where I try oh, to sure. say things and you tell me uh-huh. how badly that I'm doing.
0: <laughs> okay. Done. So every episode, now you have to come up with like one sentence one in sentence. Hindi that you learn. Okay.
1: That could be yeah. like my intro. <laughs> That's your intro. Perfect. The accent's going to be so horrendous. Okay, let's, let's, that's my homework.
0: Yeah, so we were traveling for a week. We went to Chicago. My husband had work, and I was like, I'm not staying at home with our kid for a week. I'm coming. We're coming right with you. We're taking the mess along. (laughs) So we thought we'll have a nice little break, you know, enjoy hotel time and downtime and visit places in Chicago. I'd never been to the city. Chicago is beautiful. Apparently, Chicago burnt down to the ground (laughs) a while back. And so they rebuilt the whole thing, you know, fresh and new and just organized. And it's gorgeous.
1: Wasn't H.H. Holmes' horror house in Chicago or nearby? Yeah, I think so. The World Fair used to happen there, right? In Chicago? Yeah. I want to go. You're selling me on Chicago. I've never been either but it it gets it's really cold most of the year, right? So that would be a kind of a no no for me.
0: <laughs> Visit in the summer it, it is gentrified as shit, yeah, so it does make me wonder if like regular people are able to afford anything. yeah, that's you too. know living around the city. Mm-hmm. but it was really nice. A lot of it was really nice, um even the little town that we stayed in, which was like seventy percent Indians <laughs> all tech
1: workers you found the Indiana Club
0: alcove is that a word alcove alcove thank you the
1: indian alcove
0: there are like 50 indian restaurants all different kind of indian cuisines nice that's all we ate every single day i'm like indian indian let's go because we miss it out here we don't see much of it yeah, here so that's, that's all we true. were eating
1: you're in a bit of like a
0: indian food desert right We met up with some of my husband's friends, and they're like, oh, where do you want to go? I'm like, listen, (laughs) to a thirsty wanderer in the desert, there's only one thing they want.
1: (laughs) Pani Puri.
0: (laughs) That's what we're like right now. Just take us to your Indian restaurants. And it was great. It was awesome. Enough about Chicago. I'm probably going to cut out half of this. (laughs) stuff.
1: No, it's noted. Interesting. Especially since... (laughs) since you ate indian food there in a Indianish neighborhood it's um
0: relevant <laughs> the horror of this travel was the flying our plane was delayed 10 hours one way and six hours the other way oh my god oh man don't fly anyone looking to plan a trip just cancel it <laughs> don't even think of flying it is a nightmare right now save the planet save yourselves stop flying it's like if it rains even like 10 drops fall on the ground. They're just canceling all the planes as if the planes have never flown through rain before. It's all very strange. I have some like sneaking suspicions, like conspiracy theories about what's going on. It's not rain that they're afraid of in the air. I will not (laughs) reveal my, my theories. Oh, Undisclosed biological matter. I think so. I think so. That's what I'm thinking. Probably, dude. Uh Anyway, enough about me. Where where have you been traveling?
1: So, I'm in Spain and there are two northern Spains. Two norths? There's a northeastern spain which is by the mediterranean which for me is the south because i'm living in, yeah in france and that's the south so it's like how can it be the north but anyway so i was in the other north so northwestern spain in uh, an area called galicia galicia mm-hmm. what i surmised is that it is basically the ireland of spain
0: <laughs> what does that mean
1: they listen to bagpipes all they eat is, like, sausage and potatoes. This might be racist, sorry, to our Irish heritage listeners. Um, it was really good. I mean, the food was amazing. Um, but even the – so I was there during, like, a festival, a summer festival, and even the traditional clothing sort of reminded me of some sort of traditional Irish garb. The dancing – so there is either Celtic or Gaelic roots in this region of the world, so there's a connection. Wow. And on top of that, they're really witchy, which to me is kind of an Irishy thing too. I know there are witches everywhere in the world of different flavors.
0: You mean like paganism? Pagan
1: kind of practices. Like
0: they have a culture
1: of mages, which are more like medicine healer magic people.
0: Like a shaman.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they have a history of that and they like brew these very alcoholic, quote unquote, potions and giant cauldrons mm. over fires like at night while people are dancing. And blessed by the moon. It was very witchy and awesome and cool. And I met many horses and cows and cats and dogs, which always makes me happy. And he- nice humans.
0: Did you try the magic potions?
1: No. No. long story short is i didn't try the potion
0: is it not open to outsiders they're like this is our secret potion well i think it
1: was open to outsiders but unfortunately i had to work the whole time that i was there so i like didn't really get to fully enjoy the experience um
0: you don't want to be in the potion alex you know that's the important part
1: (laughs) yeah it was cool though Oh, I also drank from a magical fountain that spewed iron water. It tasted like blood.
0: Ugh, yikes. Sounds
1: gross, but I felt powerful afterwards.
0: Stay away from magnets. (laughs) Stay away from the speaker. Well, you know what? You are right on point. You are right on point. What a beautiful segue because today's story is very much a witchy, pagan, esoteric Or should I say, witch doctory (laughs) type of case. Can you call it occult if it's not, if it's Indian? There are occultist vibes here. And it is just hooky spooky all along. Of course, there are two horrible, horrible murders in the story. But somehow these nuances make it just worse. If it's just, oh, I got angry and I stabbed someone. Yes, devastating loss of life. But well, when you add these kind of witchy flavors to the mix, it just it just creeps, creeps me out. And I wrote this very late at night and I wanted to be done with the story. I'm like, <laughs> yay! it's creeping me out. Oh. Like I, I want to be done just like the Burari story. Oh, I, yeah. You know,
1: but I, I just always go more towards the creepy because I don't like the idea as much of mundane murder. You know, just stab, stab dead in the middle of the street. There's nothing interesting. This is probably just very distasteful for me to say at all. But if there's a little more, if there are more layers underneath it, there's something about that.
0: Like, basically, if you're going to get murdered, make sure it's dramatic. Yeah.
1: Yes. Thank you. Is that what
0: you're saying, I mean,
1: that's horrible. Add
0: some context. (sighs) Add a theme to your murder. (laughs) Don't let it be vanilla.
1: Yeah, the thing is, is that usually the spooky comes with a lot of pain and misery and that's not nice and I don't condone or approve of that. But
0: yeah, to the people it's happening to, it is a nightmare. It is a horror story yeah. in and of itself. It's just that us as consumers of the story and the details, unfortunately, we're just looking for the drama. I'm the worst example
1: of a, you know, true crime fan. It's because to me, I don't like to think about it as being real. I know that it's real, and sometimes with certain stories, it's important to talk about it, important to make sure that the story stays alive, but the side of me that's pretending that none of this is real and that reality is a dream, like some more ooky-spooky.
0: Yeah, because it's absurd. It's almost fictional. You can't even believe it's true, right? Exactly. Okay. Thanks. With that thought in mind, let's get into it. Well... Currently, I'm calling this deadly devotion. And today's case is a crazy one, to say the least. We talk about the double murders in Madanapalli that rocked India just as the pandemic had put the nation into lockdown.
1: Oh, so this is really recent. Okay.
0: A family so entrenched in the delusions and superstitions of a mentally unwell instigator and the shared delusions of an entire family, that led to these strange and spine-tingling murders. Wait, so this isn't the Burari case? <laughs> it is so similar, just a lot more violent, Oh, dramatic. Burari, it just, it seems so peaceful, although it, the murders, the deaths were not peaceful. There's
1: but- something very quiet about Burari, yeah. Yes, but
0: yeah. Now, this case might feel like a heavy cloud over your head. So before we get into it, let's distract ourselves like goldfish and learn a little bit about the state it takes place in. Okay, so forget about murder for a while. Let's talk about Andhra Pradesh. Andhra Pradesh is a state in the mid and southeast of India. Gotcha. And Telugu is the main language spoken in the state. They have a vibrant cinema industry churning out big hits like R. you know, that song that went viral, it was at the Oscars, Natu, Natu. Uh-huh. That's from Telugu Cinema. Kuchipuri is a dance, an ancient dance form that originates from a village called Kuchelapuram in Andhra Pradesh. Okay. Traditionally, it was only performed by men dressed as women in the past. Of course, Great. now women do perform it. Cool. It is a storytelling dance form created by traveling bards, so to speak. Kuchipuri is one of the eight classical dances of Vedic India, which means we're not counting the various tribal dance forms that exist in, in the subcontinent. Yeah, Which is a little unfair in my opinion, but whatever, we're not here to, <laughs> to resolve that argument. These dance forms are thousands of years old. They have survived despite several invasions and attempts at cultural erasure by the Mughals and the colonials. Remember, Mm -hmm. there was a period of time when the colonial white devils banned all these dance forms because they thought it was too erotic, too (laughs) tempting, and just, you know, too much movement.
1: They just, like, couldn't keep it in their pants when they saw it, so they (laughs) had to ban it. Basically.
0: Despite all of those bans and whatnot, practitioners kept it alive in secret and made sure to pass it down. So now we know of them. Hell yeah. The state has a tropical climate, usually very hot in the summer, and is home to rich mangroves and jungles with wildlife like tigers, hyenas, sea turtles, deer, and various birds. A weird statistic I found was that 70% of India's shrimp production comes from Andhra Pradesh. Ooh, sounds like my kind of place. And weirdly enough, there are no shrimp dishes dishes or recipes that I've heard of from Andhra Pradesh, which is strange.
1: I'm going to have to look into that. There's got to be something, right? Yeah. It's a secret.
0: Now, India's space shuttle launch station, Sriharikota, is on an island off of the coast of Andhra Pradesh. All the shuttles that go up, go to Mars, travel around the galaxy, take off from here. Also located in Andhra Pradesh is the world famous Tirumala or Tirupati Temple dedicated to Lord Venkateshwara. It was built nearly 1800 years ago. Okay, now I'm so interested to go see this. Of course, I'm sure like the current building itself is not 1800 years old. But the original site, and I believe the claim is that the main idol, the deity of Lord Venkateshwara, is that old. Okay. Why is this temple ringing a bell for me? Because it's famous. Have we talked about it before, though? Have I been there? <laughs> it is like one of the most visited temples in the world. With over 75,000 devotees visiting daily. Now, this is a very significant temple with a net worth of $30 billion U.S. dollars. This isn't the temple 30 billion.
1: with the cursed treasure, though, right?
0: No, that was a different one. That's that was
1: crazy.
0: Padmanabhaswamy. Yes. And if you thought that one was rich or wealthy or loaded up, this one's even more. And they say India is a third world country or a developing nation. I don't know. India is not poor. Money is just not being spent in the right places. That's all. Now, devotees will often shave their heads as an offering and the hair is sold to produce wigs. If you have an Indian hair wig, it definitely came from (laughs) Tirupati. Check your closets, women and men.
1: Like, are they supposed to be holy wigs? Like, are they ordained or anointed or anything? (laughs) It's like kind of funny that someone would give their hair as like a religious sacrifice
0: or something it's kind of like the most precious part of your appearance right like it's directly linked to your ego your beauty and so when a person shaves it off you're giving it all up in the name of the your lord it's a big sacrifice
1: but then to to do that and then have the hair sold for money it's a bit i mean i guess that's like a nice way to fund the temple doesn't sound like it needs it but Yeah, I just hope some of those wigs are going to people who need wigs. That'd be nice.
0: (laughs) They definitely are. (laughs) Now, the cuisine of Andhra Pradesh is super duper spicy. Lots of red chilies.
1: Yes. Everything.
0: Everything. Everything. It is just nuts. It's beyond crazy, I got to tell you. A colleague of mine once invited me over for dinner. And I told him, like, I don't really eat much spice. Like, please don't give me regular Indian levels of spice. I don't really eat spicy food. And I asked him to tone it down. And I am not kidding when I say both me and my husband were crying tears. (laughs) And our noses were running from the chilies in each and every dish, which he said he had toned down. Sounds great. Sign me up. People of Andhra have have got some skill, let me tell you, with the spice. Now on the other end of the food spectrum, let's talk about a sweet dessert from the state. I think you call this putre kulu. kulu. I may be saying it wrong. Mm putre kulu this delicacy is made from dipping a thin square cotton cloth into a thin rice batter and they cook it on top of an overturned pot they make paper thin wafers out of that like crunchy ones yes and then the wafers are lightly filled with powdered jaggery or sugar and crushed almonds and pistachios topped off with a spoonful of ghee and then the wafers are deftly rolled into little melt-in-your-mouth goodness.
1: <gasps> Delish. I need, I need to make these. I need to mm. find some. I must
0: have this dessert. I spent a good hour just looking at videos of how this dessert is made. I am pining for it. I want to eat this. Yeah, I want to eat this. <laughs> Sounds like a nice
1: place. It's got cool animals. A, interesting food. I like spicy, so Mm -hmm. I'm down. A super rich temple. Like, sounds sounds great so far.
0: What could go wrong? (laughs) We're leaving these delights far behind us, Alex. We now take a rather abrupt turn into our devastating case for today. Okay, prepare yourself. On January twenty fourth, 2020, a call came in to a police station in Madanapalli in the Chittur district of Andhra Pradesh. The caller had said that there were screams and strange noises coming from a home in the neighborhood. And then another person called to complain about sounds of apparent torture coming from the same home. Then at 8 p.m., a call came from a person who said that he had received a disturbing call from his close friend, Purushottam Naidu, who was ranting and mumbling about having killed his daughters that would soon be resurrected. But then Naidu also said to call the police, which his friend did at once. Fearing the worst, police finally took off to investigate this strange and unusual case taking place in that building. When they arrived at the newly built three-story home named Shri Shirdi Sai Nilayam, they found the door locked. They broke open the door and stepped into a nightmare from a horror movie. Inside were 55-year-old Purushottam Naidu and his wife, 50-year-old Padmaja, in an apparent trance-like state, out of their senses, delirious, Padmaja was staring at the wall and mumbling to herself, completely unaware of the police that had barged into their home. But then, all of a sudden, when Padmaja noticed their presence, she got upset and angry that they had disturbed the sanctity of their home. The cops pushed past her and walked into the rooms of the home. They saw evidence of tantric rituals having been performed in the home. Little pyres where fires were lit and religious articles were strewn about the home. In the prayer room, they discovered the body of the couple's elder daughter, 27-year-old Alekia. Her body was naked but covered in a red sari. A copper tumbler, which was once used to hold holy or blessed water, was now stuffed into her mouth. On her head was a deep wound one which had taken her life. She had lacerations on her body as well. Later investigations showed that the fatal blow was made by a weightlifting dumbbell and the stab wounds were made from a trident or trishul, which is usually seen in the hands of the Lord Shiva. Whoa. Now this was all too sinister. An eerie undertone of bizarre black magic and occult hung in the air. The nightmare didn't end there. In a bedroom upstairs, police found the body of the couple's younger daughter, 23-year-old Sai Divya. She too had been bludgeoned to death and lay in a pool of blood covered in nothing but a red sari. Padmaja, the mother continued to shout at the police that they had performed purification of the home and done a lot of rituals for the past week which would bring their daughters back from the dead. And now the cops, they were ruining it all. She told the police that Kalyuga is ending and on Monday, the next day, the world would enter the era of truth and enlightenment or Satyuga. She said that the plan was for Padmaja and Purushottam to also take their own lives so that the entire family could be revived in a pure form, in a pure world. Padmaja kept asking the police to leave them alone for just a few more hours and then watch the miraculous resurrection of Alekya and Sai Divya. She also kept saying that she was Lord Shiva. Damn, that's crazy. These were the ravings of someone who was very, very mentally unwell. You think? Mm -hmm. Two young lives had been taken so violently, with force and intention, a delusional one. It was hard to believe that it was done by their own mother. But why? It made no sense. This family lacked nothing. They were wealthy, educated, and on the path to living comfortably for the rest of their lives. They had no struggles that one could see with the naked eye. The Naidu family had just moved to this home, this new home, just six months ago during the pandemic lockdown period in India in 2020. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, they moved there in 2019. Okay, right before. The family had a very atypically quiet housewarming ceremony. After that, they were rarely seen outside the home. They did not socialize with the neighbors at all, but were often seen walking around the outside of a home as part of some ritual. You know, like Mm -hmm. uh, walking around the perimeter of the home. Yeah. Holding those copper tumblers and things like that. Neighbors didn't really know them, didn't know anything about them. They just came quietly and settled in quietly, which is unusual because in Desi culture, when you establish a new home for yourself you have a very elaborate housewarming ceremony it's not just a party it is a religious sacred ceremony Mm -hmm. it's called graha pravesh and the priest will come and perform pujas and bless the house and you know make sure everything is built according to um, vedic instructions i think it's called what the hell is it called i'm like forgetting the term now like the indian feng shui Ooh, I knew this. God damn it. Let me. I gotta Google it, okay? I'm such a bad Indian. Sometimes I mean, I you're talking to shit. the Indian who
1: doesn't speak
0: Hindi. Vastu Shastra. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the priest will come and make sure the house is built according to Vastu Shastra, bless the home, bless the people, bless the family. And you invite all your neighbors, you invite your family, like your entire family. It's like two, three hundred people minimum Mm -hmm. with catering and gifts and all kinds of stuff. So the fact that they just quietly moved in is unusual in itself. Of course, the pandemic was in play. So, you know, it sounds like that
1: would have been more of an excuse than a reason. One thing I wanted to like point out before we get too much further um, to the Kalyuga, Satyuga thing. So, Satyuga is the era of truth and enlightenment. And she mm-hmm. told the police that Kalyuga was ending and that she was trying to enter into this new Satyuga. But Kalyuga is like destruction and the end of the world era,
0: right? Which we are in right now. <laughs> 100%. I don't blindly believe anything, but I'm seeing the proof. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the halwa. Yeah, Kali Yuga or the Yuga of Kali, demon, the age of darkness, the age of vice and misery, the age of quarrel and hypocrisy, which is describing our world to a T, to the T. Like could not be more true. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. feels feels pretty much like the apocalypse is just about to happen at any moment. It's just like crispy and bubbly and ready to
0: come out of the oven. Pop. According to Puranic sources, which are ancient Hindu texts, 3102 BCE, that's when it started. And it is supposed to last... 432,000 years.
1: How did this religion have such a big, like, time universal conception? That kind of blows my mind that they were thinking that big. That's also why she thought she was Shiva, because I'm guessing Shiva is involved in the Kalyuga since he's all destructive.
0: hmm. if she was so devout and whatnot, she would have known that there's still 430,000 years left. Of the Kali Yuga. And Satya Yuga is not starting on Monday, lady. I'm sorry to tell you. You are greatly mistaken. (laughs) Maybe she was going by dog years. (laughs) Or just like
1: mm, a few too many screws loose in the brain years. I mean, I feel bad that she was sick and didn't get help. And I want to know more about like what the heck was happening leading up to this event. But pretty, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah.
0: But the basic gist of her delusion was that she thought that the next day this whole age of darkness is going to end and Satyuga, the age of enlightenment and truth and higher consciousness, is going to start on Monday. So she wanted to kind of reboot the entire family in their physical form so that, you know, they get rid of this Kali Yuga bodies and are resurrected in Satyuga bodies, which is, again, nonsense, of course, all nonsense. Alright, so, wait, I wanted to show you a picture of their home. I have some pictures open here. This is their home. Okay. So,
1: kind of modern looking. For the the listeners out there, it's sort of like if a house was made by Mondrian, that, like, artist who just does the lines with squares and colors. <laughs> just, like, boxes <laughs> within
0: boxes and then lines. Yeah, it looks fancy. It costs a lot of money to build this, by the way. So they are a wealthy family. This is three stories, probably like, I don't know, 6,000, 10,000 square foot high. I don't even know. Nothing about this family said struggling in any way, okay? Purushottam, the father, he had a PhD. He was a senior chemistry professor at a girls' college and the mother, Padmaja, She had a master's in mathematics. She was a gold medalist and the principal of a technical training school where they trained aspirants, you know, who were trying to get into IIT, which are like the top technical schools in India. Clearly, both the parents, highly educated, super intellectual, intelligent, capable adults. And they passed it down to their daughters too. Alekhya, the elder daughter, she worked for the Indian Institute of Forestry Management or Forest Management. And she had recently resigned from that position so that she could study and pursue a career in the Indian Civil Services, okay? One of which is the Indian Forest Service. So I'm just assuming that's what she was aiming for. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, Indian Civil Services are very, like, prime, premier government jobs, They're very difficult to acquire. You have to give these super, super difficult exams. Not everyone gets in. You have to be seriously a genius, like, you know, top tier intellectual to get into the civil services. Things like the IRS, police, forestry, railways, all these different government sectors. That's what she was trying to get into. The younger daughter, Divya, she had a business administration degree, but she had pivoted her life to pursue a career in music instead. She had enrolled in the prestigious A.R. Rahman Conservatory in Chennai, and she was studying music there. This is unusual in most accomplished and educated homes like the Naidu's, especially in South India. Letting a daughter let go of a professional white-collarish path for arts or music is not done often. Yeah. It is not common. Yeah. That was a bit of a surprise, but it shows that the family was supportive and somewhat liberal, I mean, in some sense. Although they were extremely conservative and traditional in other ways. Padmaja was clearly suffering from grand delusions and was in complete psychosis by this point. Mm -hmm. But her mental illness was not a surprise to her family. She often said strange things that she heard or believed, mostly to do with, you know, religious beliefs. Her father was also known to suffer from the same mental illness so a twofold effect of inherited genes and conditioned irrational responses had brought Padmaja to this end Yeah now she grew up in that environment so hard to say if she purely inherited it or also learnt it you know Do we know like what kind of mental like schizophrenia or
1: I don't know, magical thinking or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Their actual medical diagnosis is, has not been made public, so I can't say. Okay. I can't say what yeah, it was. Like, can you tell that kind of a thing post? Mm. Well, oh, I'm, I am I don't
1: know if I should ask if they're still alive. I'll wait to find out, but...
0: They are still alive. I'll just tell you okay. right now. They are still alive. So, like, alive. they could ha- have been...
1: They should have been under some sort of medical observation and assessed by now,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Now, like we heard, Padmaja had that family history of mental illness. But why did Purshottam go along with it, right? Like the husband, unless by some wicked coincidence, he also had some mental illness that went unchecked. I don't know. And why did the girls agree to go along with all this if they did, right? According to Padmaja's story, Mm -hmm. They were all in it and they did it to, you know, rise as a family. So apparently the girls agreed to this. Why?
1: I mean, she must have been like a natural cult leader. And we maybe should be thankful that she didn't like get more people involved because clearly she was
0: selling it. While the girls' last rites were being performed, right? Their funeral rites. Padmaja was still very much in her psychosis and seemed unaffected by the situation, more irritated that it had been interrupted, so to speak, while Purushottam seemed to have snapped out of the delusion and was sobbing uncontrollably as he lit the pyres of his two children. That's sad. That kind of shows you who had the delusion and who was following along. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. What was he doing when the police arrived? Because she was sort of being a weird zombie, staring
0: at a wall and mumbling and then got um, agitated. And He was sitting on the couch. Okay. He was simply sitting on the couch, basically waiting for them to come. I feel like he was completely influenced by the wife to go into that state of hysteria mass hysteria that we've heard of this so many times, where people are influenced by others. They may not personally have believed this all on their own if they were in isolation, Mm -hmm. but because they lived in an environment where there was so much heavy gospel or instructions or just controlled living conditions that they kind of started to believe in it. They became part and parcel of this whole delusion Mm -hmm. i guess it does happen like i never really believed in mass hysteria because i couldn't believe people will just start doing shit they don't normally do just because they see someone else do it Mm -hmm. in a situation where it is prolonged exposure that might happen right that's cult behavior (laughs) that's cult behavior cultish behavior
1: i mean i've been re-listening to a podcast about scientology and like especially how it devolved with the new guy in charge, what's his name, David Miscavige, mm-hmm. and how it became becomes really violent and people, I mean, there's a certain level of exploitation happening in that specific situation, but there's also, like, the anthill kids in Canada and, like, yeah. other, plenty of examples where, like, people get maybe desensitized to violence, but also they just get so inundated with a certain... Um, discourse or dogma well who knows maybe they were really tired from hearing about this all the time while also pursuing like pretty intense you know studies and life goals and sort of grappling for some sort of explanation but but yeah
0: it is very hard to try and digest this phenomenon Mm -hmm. from the outside the power of faith belief and community the feeling of belonging somewhere even if you're belonging to something totally outrageous probably overpowers sense and reason and rationality these are my people and i will do as they do
1: right but it's interesting too that like he kind of snaps out of it the father
0: purushottam the fact that he snapped out of it i'm just like why didn't he snap out of it when the murders were happening
1: yeah, it kind of makes me feel like maybe there was some sort of abusive dynamic happening in the family, too, that she, like, dominated and controlled. Literally, there's no, I'm saying that from nowhere, I'm just a feeling, it's a, like, intuition more than anything, because
0: of the behavior we see, that would sort of track, mm. but, yeah. Yeah. Also, you have that theory of what is that called? Sunken costs. Like you've lived oh. your whole life with this woman. At this point, yeah. you can't just fight it. You can't just say, oh, wait a minute. The last 40 years, you've been crazy. Yeah. Oh, true. At this point, he's just believing all of it. He's like, I've come so far. Why stop now? That too. Mm-hmm. Alekia, the elder daughter, her Instagram account was mundane, fairly normal. Up until that week right? Mm-hmm. She only had pictures, simple pictures of her family, selfies of herself, and her beloved dog, Krishnadu. Oh, I like that name. It was a lab. And she had positive spiritual quotes from her favorite guru, Osho, aka Rajneesh. Oh. Girl, she was Something I guess, you know, Rajneesh, the free love cult leader who had 93 Rolls Royces and whose murderous lackey, Ma Sheila, plotted and poisoned 700 people oh to God. influence a town election in Oregon. Yeah, that Osho.
1: <laughs> we don't need to cover that, right? My Netflix already did it.
0: She was a huge follower of Osho. Now, his teachings, wow. per se, are still considered impactful for seekers of a spiritual path. No shame in Alekia reading up on his philosophy because it's not like he himself was doing these illegal things, right? He was just the the Godman. His followers were doing all the shady illegal stuff. She was also reading up books on reincarnation and other spiritual masters who were apparently reborn. All of these things are not inherently harmful or dangerous in any way. People are curious. I like reading things like that. My mom reads stuff like that all the time, too. It's just your state of mind and the context that you place all this information in. That's what <laughs> separates the rational from the irrational. Yeah. Four days before the murders, Alekia's Instagram account posted cryptic messages like, Shiva is coming. Islam is dead hashtag shiva rising okay the islam is dead thing is not the cutest look but the other stuff is just creepy but it was clearly a departure from her usual self you could see that in the instagram feed do you think it was her you know we can't say we don't know we don't know if she did it or if her mom had taken control of her phone and was trying to create a narrative or something i don't i don't know The end game of this bizarre death pact had started a week before the murders. Purushottam told the police later that a lot of strange things had been going on in their home. The younger daughter, Divya, had started to say that their home was possessed and there were demonic spirits present there. She said that she thought she was going to die. She had this impending doom, this feeling of impending doom. People who are going through depression or severe anxiety, they feel that way sometimes too. So, yeah, it's possible that she inherited right from her mom mental illness from or her mom, both of parents. Who knows? And apparently, this started when um, Divya went out for a walk with the dog and stepped on a lemon that was placed on the road. Uh-huh. Now, if you're in India, you will often see like when there's a crossroad, two roads meeting, you will find in the middle of the road, little lemon and chili things just left there. And that's usually (laughs) the remnants of a purification ritual. Yeah. So apparently, whatever is the negative energy is trapped in that lemon and they throw it in the crossroad. Okay. So there's a like demon in the lemon? Yeah, that's the belief of tantric practitioners you're kind of transferring the negative energy or demon or whatever it is away from the possessed yeah into that lemon and then you throw it in the crossroads so it can find a different path basically essentially that's kind of awesome so next time i'm
1: there i'm gonna be checking every crossroads for demon lemons don't go near them no no, no. i just want to see that they're there and know that i'm in the presence
0: of citrusy demonic powers there may not be demons but there are still some negative connotations and energies attached to it so just stay away you know
1: wow okay so if i feel like i'm somehow in the presence of someone who's possessed or de- demonic should i just throw lemons at them like squeeze lemon juice in their eyes <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, lemon bath time for a lemon party <laughs> <sighs> no don't google that oh oh, if you lived (laughs) during the birth of the internet you will know what that means anyway yeah these are all like superstitious beliefs you know tantric black magic kind of crap yeah and so she said she stepped on a lemon and after that she's like that's it i'm possessed i'm feeling this impending doom i'm going to die there are demons in the house blah 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 the sad thing is that alekia believed her sister completely in fact, she said that she absolutely knew for certain that Divya was going to die. So now you have a second person reinforcing that delusion, right? Yeah. Two sisters, peers, two sisters, close, loving sisters. So Alekia apparently convinced her parents that Divya's time on earth was coming to an end. And so they did what they thought to be the best remedy for their daughters, which would be calling a witch doctor or tantric (gasps) yeah of course (gasps) of course that's what i do that's what i would do you don't have doctors on your speed dial you have a tantric man this is some bullshit why are educated people like this doing taking these kind of stupid actions i don't get it you know we say like illiteracy is the problem and people are not educated they follow all these weird beliefs no look at this case they have a phd and gold medal and they're still calling a tantric
1: you can clearly be smart and also crazy at the same time they are not mutually exclusive
0: so just a day before the murders a tantric did come to their home he was brought there by the family's friend the same friend who later called the police Hmm. that guy what a friend. Yeah. What a family yeah, friend. Yeah. I mean, this this guy is a ride or die. <laughs> wait, way to read the red flags. I mean, he's so dedicated. When he probably got the call, boy, we need a tantric. He's like, I'll get right on it, sir. I'll call my guy. Instead of, wait, what? A, why do you need a tantric? Should I get a doctor? <laughs> nope. See, this is what's happening. Every single person is buying into this garbage. They're buying into this narrative. They're buying into this you know, demon story or whatever and reinforcing the belief of each and every person in this story. It's not helping. Also, it's just
1: so hard to imagine believing something that like that that it's to me it's like, oh, you just kind of go with it. You're like, yeah, oh, you're possessed. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's possessed. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get the doctor. Like never expecting it to actually build up into anything tangible. It's all supposed to like uh, occur on an astral realm or, you know, dimension
0: But actually, no, it's going to end with two dead humans. So when the tantric and that family friend reached the Naidu home, they heard screams coming from upstairs. Purushottam and the girls were locked in a bedroom. When the tantric and friend broke down the door, they saw that Alekhya had fainted on the floor and Divya was screaming uncontrollably while the father Purushottam was helplessly standing there hmm, the tantric left. <laughs> I'm sure he wanted to get the hell out of there. <laughs> he was like, oh, I forgot something <laughs> in the car. Zoom. I mean, a lot of these tantrics are just fake charlatans, con men, right? They, they're they just exploiting people's beliefs and just making a ton of money. So I bet this tantric was like, "Oops, Check, please. I'm out of here. Yeah. So he left, but he did return with materials for rituals. Okay, he's like, all right, I'll do this puja and probably involving nimbus more more lemons (laughs) (laughs) and he prayed there he tied protective amulets on both the girls and then he left yay you're all set it it was not all set no it was not all set because the next day divya was killed at 2 p.m and alekia two hours later at 4 p.m
1: what was alekia doing during those two hours
0: well, according to the parents, it was Alekia who had orchestrated this whole ordeal. She was the puppet master. She was the one calling the shots. Hmm. According to Padmaja. Yeah. She had told them that she knew how to reincarnate Divya because she had been reading all those books. Right. And that she could do it successfully because she had tried it on their beloved dog do once oh
1: wait but the dog was so the dog was taking a nap a really
0: deep nap and then woke up yeah she said she brought the dog back to life after killing him once what that's what she said now i don't want to i don't even want to speculate what happened there
1: i just like kind of need to know that krishnadu is okay he
0: is okay okay good thank you krishnadu is okay He was not harmed. Anyway, the parents were convinced because of this, okay? I don't know if they saw something. Maybe he did pass out, and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, he's dead. And then she did something, and he came out. Mm -hmm, I don't know what mm -hmm. what the story was. Mm -hmm. But because of this, the parents were convinced, especially because Divya believed her elder sister. She believed her. She believed in her. Again, the reinforcing of this delusion is happening from all angles. Yeah. Alekhya had now gotten her family to agree to murder her sister in order to cleanse her. Why? It didn't take much convincing, in my opinion. The sisters started to perform a Shakti Puja on Sunday morning, the morning of the murders. Okay, Shakti is the female goddess energy, Kali, right? Kali, Makali. Mm-hmm. And so they started to perform this Shakti Puja and as soon as the Puja finished, Padmaja bludgeoned Divya, the younger daughter, 23 year old Divya, mm-hmm. with the dumbbell. A dumbbell? She... Like an exercising? Yeah. Oh my God. That's right. She... Now they fully expected Divya to be reincarnated, to be resurrected, to like sit up straight and thank them for cleansing. With her. what? A
1: caved in skull? Is that the new like yes. enlightened
0: form? Is to have no eyeballs left in your. Mm-hmm. What? What? When Divya did not wake up after two hours, Alekia decided to go into the Matrix, so to speak, just so she could guide her sister's soul back to this world. It just doesn't end. I mean, instead of realizing their grand mistake. Yeah, they didn't snap out of it with the first one. They had to go deeper. Yeah, they went deeper. They went deeper. This is that sunken cost fallacy, right? Like we've come so far, we got to go all in. Push all the chips in. According to the parents, Divya had been depressed, the younger daughter. Uh-huh. Divya had been depressed and had gone through some mental trauma or turmoil when she was just, you know, a tween between the ages of 10 and 13 years old. Okay. Alekia, the elder sister, she had been a huge advocate for her little sis. And she had made sure that Divya received psychiatric help. Okay. Clearly, they knew that medicine existed. Right, yeah. They knew that they could be helped through therapy or medication or whatever. Non-murdering means. But they didn't think to apply it right now. The sisters were best friends. They were very close. They had a loving and supportive relationship so this is not one of those cases where you know one sister is jealous of the other or trying to get rid of the other one through some excuse no this is the opposite this is like two sisters who were so close that they would literally give up their own life for the other one now i'm sure their parents were pressuring them to get married and to settle down you know one's 27 one's 23 just trying to live normal lives yeah yeah They were away from their parents. One was living in Chennai. The other was living in Bhopal, studying forestry management or working in the forestry institutes. So they were away from the family, just living normal 20-something-year-old lives with friends, boyfriends, blah, blah, blah. Now, this storm took place when the lockdown started and both daughters came home. Strange. For an extended period. They were safe while they were away. And I'm sure they have endured all of these delusions and crazy ideas that Padmaja had their whole life. I'm sure of it. This is not something that just happened one day. Unless
1: the new house was like just slathered in lead paint or some shit, you know?
0: Like, maybe the house was haunted. (laughs) The house was haunted by dangerous electromagnetic energies and... Toxic gases. They needed more lemons in the house. Full of carbon monoxide. They're making little fires
1: in the house. Lead, carbon monoxide, and, I don't know,
0: mercury in the water. Mold. Mold. Black mold in the basement. Yeah. So that's the sad part. They were doing fine by themselves. On track. The minute they came back, they came back to the chaos. They came back to... The craziness, it just went out of control. Experts have speculated that this is a case of shared delusion disorder where a primary person conveys the delusion to the secondary person and they all believe in the fantasy completely, especially because they live together and are isolated from the rest of society. The isolation helps to keep the delusion going and escalating to horrific ends like a storm in a teacup. Did Alekhya's belief in reincarnation transfer to Padmaja? Or did Padmaja's belief in Tantric magic and end times transfer to all the others? I mean, the the sort of missing
1: piece in the Alekhya-like transferring story is how Padmaja then ends up believing that she's Shiva. Or maybe that was just after, like... After everything went down, she realized,
0: oh, I am the destroyer. I did this. Yeah. There is no resolution to this case yet. Sadly, the parents were sent for psychiatric evaluation and treatment, and they seem to have responded well to those treatments. They have both now expressed remorse and regret over the murders. Can you just imagine? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god, like coming out of the fog and realizing what you've done? I would stay in the fog. Just stay in the fog. (sighs) Honestly, I don't care about the prosecution in this case because just knowing what they did and letting it sink in is punishment enough. This is such a sad case that was possibly preventable if the family had sought medical intervention instead of a witch doctor at the right time at the crucial juncture. Mm -hmm. Superstition has a strong hold in parts of Asia and education, unfortunately, does little to mitigate it, like we saw in today's case. Being curious about the esoteric nature of the world and the unexplained phenomena is one thing, but putting lives in danger and taking such harmful steps is a totally different level of irrationality. We saw this in the Burari case as well as in the Nantanko Astral Murders case. Yeah. Mental illness went unchecked and turned fatal.
1: Well, like one last thing I was thinking of is I heard recently, like if you compare female family annihilators to male female family annihilators are usually doing it as a, a mercy. To like save their family members, save their children from some horrible fate or some horrible reality or sickness or whatever. And male family right. annihilators just want to like get rid of their family so that they can have a new family or be free or whatever. And I feel like even for whatever delusion fueled this situation, it's definitely that ringing true here because whether. They were trying to reincarnate for the new yuga or because someone was possessed. It's this like idea that death is the way to save someone's life.
0: It's twisted, but it was almost like it was done out of love. Yeah, exactly. At least for Alekia's part, right? Mm -hmm. Like she apparently, allegedly agreed to be sacrificed herself so that she could guide her sister back. There was no reason that she had to die. Yeah. She was trying to save her sister. I'm also really
1: curious about this, like, childhood mental trauma. Because, like, going with what you're saying, they were so close and something happened to these girls, too, I think.
0: I feel it was just the onset of the mental illness, probably. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's when maybe it started to just get out of control and she needed psychiatric help or maybe medication to be able to live a normal life. There is this article on Medium written by one of Alekia's closest or close friends. And he's very suspicious of this whole story. He does not believe that this was something Alekia controlled or you know, came up with. He doesn't believe it was her who manipulated the whole family to do all this. Yeah. Because he said he knew her closely and they were together every day and she was a smart girl, very happy-go-lucky. He did say she was reading all these esoteric subjects and she was interested in them, but he doesn't believe she was religious at all. Well, I
1: mean, she could have had a secret life that no one knew about or someone like... Had a little bit of sense, wasn't completely crazy, and went and covered their tracks in a weird, scary, insane way.
0: Well, you want to talk about some rumors that were circulating online? Just people speculating and whatnot. Yeah. One of them said that allegedly, Alekia's tongue was removed and the mother had swallowed it. Oh. Like... (laughs) After she killed her, I mean, that's that's freaking that's occulty AF. Yeah, because Kali, the image of Kali, is with her tongue out. You know, eh, that's Kali, and so maybe she's like, I'm going to consume Kali and become Shiva. Also, this
1: putting the cup in the mouth is a really like scary, brutal image for me.
0: I don't know what what that was about. Was it like a a vessel for life or the soul, yeah, right? Because it's used in all sacred ceremonies, especially even in funeral rites. You hold that copper tumbler. it has sacred water, like blessed water, and you walk with the remains on their final journey. Yeah, it's like very twisted application of all these sacred rituals. It mirrors like the, you know,
1: satanic rituals that you hear about. I don't know if they're actually true at all. Of like, you know, taking things from a Catholic mass and sort of reversing or perverting them in some way. And that gives the like opposite energy power.
0: Their heads were shaved, not the whole head, but like parts of it were shaved off like you do as an offering to the god or the goddess. So the girl's heads were shaved Mm -hmm. partially like we saw and people do in the temple, in the Tirupati temple. The other rumor was that the family was wealthy, really wealthy, okay? I would not call them like, they're not even middle class, they're way, way upper middle class. And apparently the mother had recently, like in the recent months, inherited a property worth five crores. I'm just gonna see what the value is today. That's $600,000. Not bad. Not too shabs. So she had recently inherited a property worth $600,000. Their home was probably worth another $200,000. Okay. And I'm sure they had other assets as well. Yeah. Okay? They were millionaires for sure. So people were speculating if someone else in their family was trying to annihilate this family to inherit this, all of this. Okay. So, yeah, in that case,
1: they would have had to poison the family, though, no? To, like, sort of fake a delusion.
0: So, the cops actually found and talked to and cleared the tantric, by the way. Okay. What if he, maybe not him directly, or someone like him, we don't know if they called other tantrics, came over and, like, Spike their drinks or prasadam or whatever with LSD right. or PCP. That's what I'm thinking, too. Bad salts.
1: Because I, like, wonder how many people with schizophrenia or severe mental disability, it's not to say that there aren't and that it's impossible, but, like, it must be really hard to get a PhD if you're having serious,
0: like, delusions, right? Some people are really high-functioning, I believe. That's true. You know, they're able to ignore or compartmentalize parts of their life and function in that moment and then let loose at home. Maybe I don't know. I'm not an expert, I have no idea. I don't want to say the wrong
1: thing either because I like maybe, yeah, I know. It's super,
0: <sighs> Ooh, we're not doctors, we don't know, we're just speculating. But yes, maybe there was an underlying mental illness in the family and then someone took advantage of it, exploited it, yeah. The plan was that all four would be dead. The plan was that Padmaja and Purshottam were also going to sacrifice themselves. But that
1: doesn't totally line up with the story of like, oh, we're gonna, one sister. It doesn't really line up with this dialogue of Alikya. Yeah. Like saying, I'll bring back my sister. Oh, no, she's lost. I'll save her. That doesn't really go with the idea. Oh, we all have to go now and be reincarnated for the new. Maybe the delusion sort of evolved as things didn't go according to the initial like believed plan.
0: They just kept sinking deeper and deeper into this pit. Wow, fascinating. I mean, they were not thinking clearly, so we shouldn't expect logic. Nope. (laughs) Or... A clean plan out of this whole thing. But Purushottam was trying to come out of it. He called his friend. He should not have called his friend. His wife was very, very mad at him for doing that. She called him weak. Right. Now, that was just a cry for help, I think. Like, whatever was still sane inside of Purushottam was reaching out and trying to break free from this shared delusion, yeah. I think. Well. And he saved his own life. I wish he had done this before they killed their first daughter. Before they killed Sai Divya. That would have been good. I really wish his inner voice had spoken out then. It's kind of almost shitty at this point, I think, that he only did it when his own life was yeah. Changed. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that, too. A
1: bit convenient. The delusion breaks right
0: before you sacrifice yourself. I mean, he has to live with it now, so... That's his purgatory, I suppose. So yeah, I guess that's all I knew about the case so far. We don't know exactly what happened because whatever we do know (laughs) came from the mind of very mentally unwell person. So yeah, we don't know if it was Alekhia who manipulated everyone or if it was Padmaja who forced everyone into this thing. We don't know if the girls agreed to this. They may not have. They may not have agreed to this. It could have been unexpected. It could have been cold-blooded murder. Rest in peace, Alekia and sai Divya. You did not deserve this. And I really hope people, if, no matter what you believe, you can believe in God and whatever else you want. If, if things are not going right, please don't call a tantric. Yeah. A tantric is not going to solve your problems. Or
1: do call the tantric, but also go to receive... Science-based medical help. Do both. Tantric should be plan D. Like, cover all your bases. First try plan A, B, C. Exactly. But start at the doctor. We'll start at the doctor. And if that doesn't work,
0: then you know. Try another doctor. Try another doctor. Go to another hospital. India is full of doctors and hospitals. There's no problem. No healthcare crisis. There is affordable healthcare in India. And other South Asian countries, please seek help. Yeah. Tantric should be plan. I bumped that down further. Plan F. Okay, plan Z. Tantric should be plan <laughs> Z. There we go. Maybe we
1: just take it off the plan list.
0: <laughs> well, very sad case. But yeah, uki spooky.
1: Definitely. Made
0: more sinister. Yeah. By the occult vibe. All right. Well, listeners, let us know what you think. What do you think about this story? We, we really don't know anything. So go ahead with your speculations, your theories. What do you think happened? Did you know anything, any local details? Are you local to this town? Are there other information sources in Telugu that had more information? Because I couldn't understand half of the YouTube videos and the articles mm. on this case that said updates. And then everything was in Telugu. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. Madness. Thanks, Pia. total madness. Alright, so on that note, are you ready for Bollywood Corner?
1: Even though that story was pretty horrible, for better or worse, I have a feeling today's Bollywoods are going to be really cool. Because occult, horror, totally up my alley.
0: Today I had no problem. I found two movies quite quickly that I think are very interesting and give you a look into some of the occult practices and beliefs. So the first movie I highly recommend to watch is called Kumari. It is a recent movie from 2022 and I watched it on Netflix. I believe it should still be streaming out there now. This movie is set in Kerala because it is a Malayalam language movie and it is about the beliefs that this like chief family has in a village where they worship these demigods that were born of an immortal that once visited Earth. And these demigods gave them power, or at least they believe that they gave them powers and prosperity and wealth and made them rich and powerful in the village. And Kumari is... A girl, a woman who marries into this family and she comes to this cursed home. She's warned many times by this mysterious old woman who she again meets in the forest behind her home that she is in danger and Kumari becomes pregnant and then this lady warns her that her baby is in danger and this family that practices all these strange witchcraft and whatnot is out to get her. I don't want to reveal much else. The way I look at it is this movie is kind of like the equivalent of Rosemary's Baby, but with (laughs) a desi touch to it, like set in Kerala.
1: I feel like I'm going to have to watch Rosemary's Baby first
0: and then this one. (laughs) And the second movie I had is called Kantara, which is a Kannada language movie from the state of Karnataka. It's a complicated story like uh, uh, the beliefs of a tribal community that lives in the forest and how they prayed to this deity in the forest and they believe that the deity protects them as long as the forest is protected and kept safe and sacred and not developed on and reclaimed and encroached upon and how when that does happen things go wrong and this one guy from the tribe tries to find out what what's really happening and if all of these beliefs are true that his ancestors kind of believed in you know the deity Mm -hmm. and the curse and the protector and whatnot and what they do show in this movie is a practice that i believe still does occur in parts of India, where these special chosen people will dress up in these beautiful, colorful outfits or garments, and they will invite the spirit or their deity to possess them so that they can speak through them. Oh! And then when in that possessed form, they, they go into a trance, they dance and sing, they are merry, they bless people, they give them advice. It's very unlike what we saw in today's case. Yeah. It's not all doom and gloom and just witch doctory evil It's the light side uh, of demonic it. crap. Yeah. Very interesting. Go watch I love the Ooh. music, the background score of this, this movie, Kantara. Uh which by the way means Cantara means mythical forest or mystical forest. Okay. So go check it out. Very interesting movie. Cantara. Also on Netflix. Thanks, Pia. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about, Alex, before we wrap up? I'm currently recording in like basically an
1: abandoned, under-construction apartment, so I need to get out of here before it gets dark (laughs) and the ghosts get me.
0: Just carry some lemons with you and you're all set, girl. Yeah, I
1: don't have any lemons on me, otherwise I would hang and chat, but I gotta go find some lemons. Make a
0: belt. (laughs) Make like a lemon belt. You know how people make uh, necklaces out of garlic to... Stave off vampires. We need a lemon necklace for these boots. Lemon belt. That's that
1: can be part of our merchandising if we ever decide to have merch. It's the lemon protection belt.
0: Yeah, it's like one lemon, one chili, one lemon, one chili, and then we can add like extra things. And you can literally put a skewer in it and barbecue. Yum. Add a paneer, a piece of onion. How about some bell peppers? little eggplant yeah a multi-purpose mm-hmm. a multi-purpose amulet <laughs> lots of garlic obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's these are the kind of merch items we would go for <laughs> all food based i think we've recorded for long enough and before alex's computer conks off and we lose this entire recording we're gonna end this episode here and i'm just gonna quickly say do all the things you do which alex usually reminds you of instagram share us patreon rate and review Mm -hmm. show us some love all that stuff review us high stars only and (laughs) uh yeah continue to listen to us i i love getting all the messages on instagram I will reply to you if you message me I will reply to you (laughs) so go ahead send me your thoughts and hang around to listen to another episode of Crimes from the East your favorite Desi true crime podcast with a little masala and spice spice. lots of red (laughs) chili Spramandra (laughs)